Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. And with me this week is U Street. Hey y'all. Now I sound super excited. We did win. It wasn't great. Uh, I think I've just decided that any non-conference game I'm not going to be physically at is going to get about 60% of my attention at most because that way I won't have to get frustrated by things that ultimately don't matter. Why so serious? I don't know. What's your take? What's your take on this day? Because there was a really good start to the game, and then Kent State protocol, not playing defense, not tackling, just a lot of mess is kind of how it felt the rest of the way. I, importantly, I'm two and zero on my bets this year. After that late, late touchdown to Truth. to to get over the to get over the fifty six points, uh, the over fifty six points. Yeah, I mean, the non-conference games, historically, you have two goals for success, win, and no one gets injured. Uh, that's a fail uh, for today, uh, because at least several players had stingers. Uh, Dalen Wright left the game and never returned. Uh, hopefully he will be back and healthy for next week. Yeah, 31-26 against this Miami team is quite bad, especially you know up 21-3 to at half, and uh, not only don't score a point in the second half, it's unclear to me if Tanner Morgan completed a pass in the second half. Well, he did have a lot of drops, to be fair to Tanner. Yeah, the drops the drops were a bad were a bad thing. Uh, the offensive line uh, did okay, but certainly not anywhere near what you would expect from an offensive line with both the size advantage it had and the experience that it had in this game. Trey Potts, I suppose, by default becomes my offensive nectin of the week, and I frankly don't know who the defensive nectin of the week is. I guess Tyler Newbin uh, for the interception. He played generally pretty well. But the both sides, MJ Anderson also had a good game. So I suppose you could you could throw either of those two players on that side. But it was not good. It was it was not a good game. And structurally, it is a very annoying game to watch because I suppose it's possible that Minnesota is a worse team than we expect them to be. But even given that being true, they should not have this much of a problem with this Miami Ohio team, who are not good. Yeah, I, I don't. This is a running thing, obviously, I feel like, but I don't always really grasp what the goals are of the offensive play calling. And this is not just a, you know, last two year thing. This this is this this has been a, a thing since kill, it feels like. I don't why do we not run game plans that just blow out the teams that we should blow out? And and I should clarify, because there are years where we're clearly I mean, 2019 would be, I mean, we were rough, but I don't know. There, we're clearly better in a lot of years than these teams, and yet we somehow choose to run into a stacked 9-10 man box. We run the ball, and we do that consistently. Yeah, it's not I, it's I don't not understand good. why. It, I, don't, I don't understand why either. I think there's also this level of there is nothing that you are going to put on tape in week two that people have not already seen from a passing perspective. I don't, Especially because Minnesota doesn't run a lot of trickeration in its passing game. No, like the biggest the biggest trickeration that they've unveiled in the last couple of years they actually showed today, and it was a tight end catching a ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they they did that in week one. 
I mean, they, there was a couple of things that were, I guess, a little bit newer in terms of the last few years. So taking those kind of easy passes, I actually expected, I was somewhat surprised at how many rushing attempts Trey Potts had in this game. I mean, the Gophers rushed the ball 46 times. They attempted 17 passes. So that's, in some sense, quite out of whack normally. Those numbers usually are a little bit more balanced. Of course, being down your top two wide receivers, I suspect, does change some things. But frankly, the third through fifth wide receivers on Minnesota's team, given what I've been told about the recruiting competency of the wide receiver recruiting at Minnesota, should be better than Miami's defensive backs. I mean, so, frankly, from what we saw in the limited amount of sample size we have from the Ohio State game even, you, you've got players in that range that can certainly do fine against Miami's defense. I mean, again, drops are a thing, and that's happened at that level of the receiving core. But that's not, I don't know. For me, running into a stacked nine-man box or throwing a pass that gets dropped, you've, you've gained the exact same amount of yards. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and one like. of the things that I saw early, and so what I was saying that I thought they were going to do more, was kind of early in the first half, they had these kind of quick passes that were going to pick up four or five yards, and defense sags off, just kind of immediately throw the ball. And frankly, given the risk management, and in many ways risk-averse ways, that P.J. Fleck likes to run an offense. I'm actually surprised that doesn't come out more often, but admittedly, I'm surprised in general that play doesn't come out more often because it's not clear to me why running the ball for three yards is appreciably better than passing the ball for three yards in the sense that if you pass that ball, uh, I suppose it's possible that someone drops it or gets smoked or whatever. But the the quick toss is now one on one in space. So you got three, but with the possibility of blowing it for 10, 12 pretty quickly. Whereas if you're running into the stacked box and you get your three, the odds that you're going to break that for 10 or 11 generally are pretty low. And so I I liked that. But I think we somewhat have to face the fact that non-conference games under P.J. Fleck are going to be annoying from an offensive perspective. The defense remains a wolf. The tackling today was heinous. There is an utter inability with just a four-man rush to get to a quarterback, and that's been consistent for a while. They seemed regularly a half-step to a step slow, so I'm sure some of that is still kicking the rust off, getting new players in. But even so, this defense is not very good right now. Could they be much better by the end of the year? Of course, but right now they are not very good, and that's an added problem for Minnesota, who should theoretically have the weapons on offense, and certainly with the amount of returning production on offense, and the people who are coming in also really good. And supposedly, we have been told, a quarterback who's quite good. That's an offense that's designed to put up a number of points that begins with a four, and you know are struggling to get points in the second half. Yeah, I really don't know what to do with that. Like, I, I mean, ultimately... The logical side of me, the one that literally made a prediction for the score of this game that was intentionally closer. I'm not upset that the final score was closer than the one I had. I I kind of more or less thought we'd get this kind of performance generally. At the same time, it's just annoying mostly because, and I'm, I'm keeping the defense entirely out of this because 
I think the defense working through whatever they're struggling with, hopefully it's just something they're struggling with versus just not being good, um, is one thing. But I guess it's one of those things that I can intellectually go, yeah, they're going to put the the chains on this offense for reasons that surpass understanding. And then watching them do that is just like, I don't know, it's a recipe in frustration. <laughs> I, the, the logical part of my brain can't get past the part, the other logical part of my brain that looks at the offense and goes, yeah, but we have the tools, play calling, and just general ability here to be doing much better and much more than this and we don't for i don't know why yeah i think there's also a level frankly on offense where there's it's still one read at this point so say you do an rpo or some kind of option tanner morgan is not going through a progression tanner morgan at least appears to not be going through progression obviously we don't see his eyes it's possible he is but whatever it, on a, on an RPO, if the run isn't there, we Morgan is staring down whatever the pass route is, and so when uh, Dalen Wright unfortunately comes out of the game, part of the reason that's the case is Morgan threw the ball well, admittedly, like it went through, but threw the ball into triple coverage, and part of the reason he's throwing it into triple coverage is the defense knows there's only one person running. The nine man box thing is similar. You have a team that, and we're only half joking about this, seems to recruit about 10 wide receivers every single year. And yet, very irregularly puts in you know, sort of early situations three or four and spread them out. So there's a lot of these bunch formations. They've been doing a lot of stuff more with Brevin Span Ford, who's put his you know, hand on the turf and then might go out, might be a blocker, or might go out for a uh, pass for at least have some linebacker or safety have to cover him or think about him. But it just makes everything very compact and very compressed. And it's, it's confusing to me why, especially with the change in who your running back is, so moving to Trey Potts, why you would not actually want to spread that out more to give him more running lanes. Because the difference that I've seen so far from Mo Ibrahim to Trey Potts is Ibrahim's gift that he always had from the sort of freshman was immediately recognizing where the hole was going to be. And his eyes were really good. And I think Trey Potts certainly has the talent to be uh, quite a good running back. But I don't think he has that same level. What he's quite good at is if he has an opening, he's got the speed to fly through it. And I think you saw, especially on the last touchdown drive the Gophers had early when he was making those big plays, that basically they got him to the outside in space and let him go one-on-one with a Miami of Ohio defender, and he generally was winning those matchups. I think spreading out the field allows you to do it. It's the old Urban Meyer. Why do you spread? Why do you run a spread offense? Because we want to run the ball. And it's clear that Minnesota wants to run the ball. I don't understand why they are structurally putting themselves in formations that make that harder. But I don't get paid the big bucks to do this. So maybe Mike Sanford, PJ, Matt Simon have some good reasons for that. I just don't know what they are. I am also at a loss to what they are. But, I mean, okay, let's just you know end this on some positives. Uh, Minnesota did win. Um, there are no indications, at least initially, that any of the injuries are serious. Let's hope that that's actually true. Um, okay, I actually feel like that's most of my positives. Uh, but 
you know, in a frustrating situation like this, that's actually not an insignificant number of positives. You know, we knew uh, Mo was done. We knew the Gophers lost. Those are much worse situations to be in than picking up the win you have to have and, you know, seemingly being able to get some people back uh, from hopefully non-season or in any way serious injuries. So, I don't know. I'm going to be at Colorado next week. It's going to be way too hot, according to the weather forecast. <laughs> and I should probably prepare myself for the fact that we're going to run the ball into stacked boxes for reasons. Probably. I mean, some of the that, – that I think should be a better test. It's not clear to me exactly how good or bad Colorado is. For that matter, it's not super clear to me how good Ohio State is, given the result they had against Oregon today. Also I, true. The, the thing – you know, if we go back two years ago when I was basically laughing on all of these podcasts because Minnesota had sort of scraped by the skin of its teeth through the non-conference, looked like absolute garbage, and then has the most wins in literally a century at the end of the season. Early on, there is a lot of stuff still being installed, still being working, things are being changed. You have uh, people just getting back into shape, people getting back in speed. So it's not so much that I am surprised and they're disappointed, definitely, but not so much that I'm surprised by how the effort has been shown so far. It's that what hopefully is moving from week two to week three is we are seeing improvement, I would say, in two areas for the Colorado game. One, oh my God, open field tackling on defense. The number of just missed tackles, arm tackles, players on Miami who are not, I would not say absolute quote-unquote athletic freaks so they're just going through these things and who are taking you know, a two-yard play and turning to an eight-yard play because of a bad angle way too high so that is one of the things that i would like to see improve and then on the offensive side of the ball i would really like to see tanner morgan and his wide receivers return to that kind of 2019 year obviously when you get to pass to two excellent nfl wideouts you know two of the best receivers in the country you will look a heck of a lot better as a quarterback. However, I think there's still plenty of plenty of ability. And Tanner Morgan's a good quarterback. He has good wide receivers. We'll potentially see the return of Chris Altman Bell against Colorado, which I think will help too. If that is you know, if that is in fact the case, and obviously Dalen Wright is able to get back healthy. You know, the Gophers have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. It would be nice if this coaching staff uh, remembered that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, well, that'll, I think, we'll cut it there. We'll, we'll call that a, a wrap on Great Takes. Obviously, we'll have the Sky U podcast back. We'll be getting ready for Colorado. Um, we'll be talking about all the other good stuff going on in Gopher Sports. But uh, if you're feeling frustrated today, you know what? Feel frustrated today. I wouldn't carry it with you because Minnesota won. If you're still frustrated tomorrow, you're thinking way too hard about it. Frankly, if you're still frustrated Saturday evening, you're thinking way too hard about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a non-conference game that was closer than it needed to be. It's not going to feel great. Feel better. Get ready for the Sky Podcast. If you're going to Colorado, get ready for that. It's going to be a, a wonderful trip, I think, for all who go. And in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Go for thrills about.